Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Everybody, welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight: ADHD fixing it versus managing it. Um, this is a real exciting topic today with a lot of really good content you'll enjoy. Before we get into the meat of our show, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, uh, and better known as CHAD. In celebration of that event, we'd like to uh, give away free copies of uh, Attention Magazine in digital form. To give yours, listen to our show. We'll share a keyword several times. All you have to do is write it down and uh, listen to another show, write the secret word of that show down, and then just email me the two secret words. The address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, I will, well, I will record the chat, and they will send you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they will send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it is in print. Chad's got a tip that we're going to run, and then we'll get into the show. If you or a loved one struggle with ADHD, children and adults with ADHD can help. Chad is the nation's leading nonprofit organization supporting people affected by ADHD. Chad offers comprehensive programs and services at both the national and local levels. To learn about all the resources and information available to help, Visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, we're here with Elaine taylor Kloss, um, who for uh, over a decade, uh, Elaine struggled as a mom of an ADD plus plus family a five, but after she discovered that the coach approach dramatically helped her, her kids, and the entire family, she co-founded the first ever virtual uh, parent coaching support organization for parents and complex of complex kids, ImpactADHD.com. In 2020, uh, ImpactADHD expanded to become uh, ImpactParents.com, reflecting the broad range of parents supported um, in their first decade. Parents of Complex Kids Challenged with ADHD, Anxiety, Learning Disabilities, and More. An award-winning online resource and blog for parents and professionals, Impact Parents provides coaching and training support around the globe. Elaine has served as a parent advisor for the American Academy of Pediatrics and on the National Board of CHAD, where she continues to serve on their public policy committee in addition to serving as a CEO of Impact Parents and providing private uh, coaching for adults worldwide, Elaine is a co-author of Parenting ADHD Now, Easy Intervention Strategies to Empower Kids with ADHD, and author of the 2020 number one new release, The Essential Guide of uh, Raising Complex Kids with ADHD, Anxiety, and More. 
uh, again, her website, impactparents.com. With that, Elaine, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. It's great to be here. I love this topic. <laughs> you know, it's interesting to me, years ago, I began to realize that um, having people feel like they're broken is very profitable. Um, you know, if you if you say you're broken and it's got to get fixed, you know, I could sell you something, and when it doesn't work, oh my God, you're more broken than we thought. And I've I've noticed, and again, everybody, I'm, this is not a knock on the mental health community, um, but we, we're people. We like to define stuff and we like to identify things. And it's like, I mean, I think they're coming up with a diagnosis for COVID, like the mental health side of it. Like we got to have this thing that's broken that we've got to fix. It's just this mentality. We got to fix things first. Hey, it is what it is. We just have to manage it. I don't think it's the mental health community. I think it's the medical community. Yeah, I mean, you're, I right, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. That's the medical model, right? It's broken. Let's it, fix it. Yeah, and so there's a, and, you know back. Also, advertisers like, well, you need that. You're, you know, you need this. You know, they're selling, you know, pleasure and escaping pain. And so as a result of it, we get our minds get kind of programmed into we got to fix this. And yeah. when it comes to ADD, I, I don't know if you can fix ADD. I don't know if you can overcome it. It's, it's there. It's a condition, right? I found the people that are trying to overcome it and fix it are the ones that are the most stuck. Um, yeah. What's your perspective on that? Oh, my gosh. So, so much. So many. Um, yeah, I think that there's – I don't think you can fix it. I think you can learn to accommodate it. You know, I was, I was interviewing a woman yesterday – He's a parenting person, but doesn't really have expertise in, in this arena. And she said, well, she's known a lot of adults who grow out of their ADHD. And, like, let, let's talk about that for a minute. Because more than likely, based on statistics, they haven't grown out of it. They've learned to manage in their life. They've gotten job, a job that they love or a spouse that's supportive who can offer structure or a partner or, you know, or a work environment where they get the support they need. They have found workarounds, accommodations, ways to be with it that allow them to continue to be successful. It doesn't mean it disappears. It just means that they've learned, I guess, you know, I guess that's managing it. You know, an accommodated environment is managing it, I guess. Sometimes I agree. Sometimes it's it's conscious, but other times it's unconscious. So I'm going to, I have become the learner that, Thinking in your head is very difficult for people with ADHD. Often, they just, I'm just picking on this one because it's easy to illustrate. Neurotypicals think inside their head. It's nonverbal working memory. People with ADHD struggle with nonverbal working memory, so they have a tendency to think out loud. They talk a lot. They're not talking to you. They're thinking out loud to themselves. Well, if you're in school and you go home and there's nobody to talk to, you might struggle in that environment where if you get a job and you're interacting with people in meetings, you're talking to people all day. A lot of times you're weaving in and out of a conversation and thinking out loud. And, you know, it's, it's built into the environment. You don't know that it's there. You just stumble into it. But I've coached a lot of people who were very, very successful, and now they're working from home. They, nothing's changed other than their environment. And it's like the wheels are kind of coming off. And I'm like, we've got to get back to that type of environment. And so they didn't outgrow it. Mm-hmm. They just accidentally went into a situation where it was easier for them to self-regulate. And I think that yeah. it's, really, it's really important that you take this philosophy of, of managing it as opposed to overcoming it, because if not, 
ADHD is an issue of self-regulation. As I said, if you're going to use self-regulation to overcome self-regulation, I'm going to use my weakness to overcome my weakness. It just doesn't make any sense. Like why? No, it really, really doesn't. But, and this is where perspective comes in and is so important. Like how we see it makes a difference as uh, what we do about it. Right. Like I was thinking yes. about uh, this is this has been an insight of mine lately. So I, I work with parents of kids with complex issues, including ADHD. And a lot of those kids are what are known as twice exceptional. They are both gifted and challenged. They may have learning disabilities or ADHD or anxiety, and they're also extremely bright, creative, capable, right, that often, often yep. qualify for gifted programs, that kind of thing. What I've noticed is that when the parents see the kids as damaged, broken, struggling, you know, having a hard time, they tend to focus on the disability of it. When the yes. parents see these kids as bright and gifted and creative and capable, they tend to focus on the possibility. And, and based on what they're focusing on, that's going to influence their actions and the choices they make and the behaviors they pursue. And so it's really interesting if I can help a parent get out of the this is broken mindset and see the possibility of what this kid is capable of, it can change how they're having conversations with that kid. It will change how that kid feels about themselves. I mean, I have a kid like you with dyslexia and ADHD who um, in seventh grade went into, no, not seventh, third grade, went into a special school for dyslexia because she really needed to be remediated. And so she knows English, not so much, not her greatest thing. But this kid is really gifted in math and science. And so they mm-hmm. put her in an accelerated math class. She mm-hmm. and all the boys, right? There were like seven boys. <laughs> and, and she loved it and she thrived. So when she came out of it, she didn't feel stupid. She felt incredibly capable because she knew she was in the accelerated gifted math class. And that had a huge impact on her life, even still to this day. Because it wasn't about, it was, we can help you improve this thing and then you can celebrate what you do great in that thing and that's all part of who you are wow so i want to i'm going to share something in a second we're going to go to break and we'll come back and we'll continue this conversation but i actually still have my diagnosis letters 1972 when i got diagnosed wow. with, with uh, dyslexia i was like nine mm-hmm. years old and my, my and this just rings in my head because I heard it a couple times in the years. And my father was, okay, so we've got dyslexia. What do we do? And the doctor said, right. find what your kid's interested in and throw every dime you got at it. I love that. Oh, my God. That's so, I wish and, so many more parents would hear that. And let me just let me, how this plays out. So I start swimming. I end up an hour from where I trained. This is through Middle school and high school, I'd wake up at 4.20 in the morning. I'd be on the road at 4.30 to drive, to be in the pool by 5.30, to swim for two hours, to drive an hour back to school, to leave school, to drive an hour back, swim for two hours, to drive an hour home. Four hours of driving a day, four hours of swimming a day for many, many years. And it was just that gave me the self-esteem and the confidence to manage some of the other challenges in my life. It sounds whatever, but I look back and that advice that the guy gave my dad that they implemented is testament to really kind of what you're saying. Focus in on what they can do. So we're going to go to break, everybody. Our secret word tonight is verse, just one verse, two, et cetera. Everybody check out uh, Elaine's website at impactparents.com. If you got time, go to impactparents.com. 
Facebook.com forward slash attention and download some free tips, etc. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Lane taylor Claus talking about ADHD and the notion of fixing it versus managing it. Uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about the mindset that we all, we've got to fix people and we've got to overcome. And we started talking about the notion of, of just focusing on, you know, what people are kind of good at. And years ago, when I first got into this business, writing everybody's very difficult for me. And that's how actually I, this podcast kind of started is because I needed a way to make a name for myself that where I didn't have to write. But still... I did sit down and say, I was going to write one one-page newsletter a month, and I'll never forget, I wrote an article called The 50% Rule. And basically, the article is really simple. Let's say you're performing the 20th percentile, and you work really, really hard at improvement, and you get to the 40th percentile. And that's pretty impressive. You've doubled your performance, but you're still below average. Mm-hmm. If you're at the 90th percentile... And you can get to the 99th percentile. That's a 10% improvement, but you went from good to almost Olympic gold. And the, the point of that article goes back to something Elaine had said earlier is, is how you see it. And I use that a lot of times, like, why do you want to spend so much time and energy just to stay below average? Why don't we focus on that area of strength and manifest it? Um, I think there's uh, Jeffrey Katz, no, Mark Katz once said, there's nothing so wrong with you that's what's right with you can, can help you overcome. And this mentality, yeah. I think, is really, really important of, of, of owning your ADHD and managing with, with it where you have as opposed to overcome it. Anything to add to yeah. that? Well, so, so here's the story that comes up as you're sharing it. I, I was talking to a mom yesterday who called because her 18-year-old son said, you know, Mom, I think I might have this attention deficit thing. Can you, can you help me figure this out? And so we started talking, and, and she had, this was a, a kid, they live in Mexico, he'd gone to school, boarding school in, in the UK, um, he'd been quite successful at school, and when she started looking back, she realized she had always described him as disorganized, she'd, like there were all these issues that were there that were real, but she had never really seen it as a problem because he was so, you know, uh, sociable and so, you know, successful enough and he was so bright and he always seemed to kind of figure it out, even if his grades weren't as good as they might have expected. And and so she, it was that perspective of she didn't see something broken that needed to be fixed. She just kind of figured out how to accept him for who he was and then really looked to where he was strong and capable and 
and bright and, and focused on that and helped him cultivate that. So that by the time he came to her as a young adult and said, you know, I think now he needs some help. Now he's ready. <laughs> she was really open to it. She was like, okay, well, let's explore this. I mean, that's, that's uh-huh. fine. But her mindset had been that there was nothing broken, that there were so many other strengths. And then she described she had a daughter who has dyslexia, very similarly. And she said she never really worried about it because she knew she was so talented in these other things, she was probably going to be an architect. You know, and so that that ability to say, okay, let's play to the strengths. Let's let's really focus on what the gifts are. And then let the rest of it come around. We'll kind of manage the other stuff, but we're not gonna we're not gonna overwhelm ourselves with only focusing there. It's just the mm-hmm. story you're saying. And so now they're ready to start managing it, but they're doing it from a place of openness and acceptance, not from a place of oh my god, this is broken, and what am I gonna do? Absolutely. And a lot of it had to do with how she handled it for years. Mm-hmm. I agree. So yeah. The concepts that we're saying, these are outcomes, they, it, it really makes a lot of sense. But for our people out there, like, how do we kind of get there? One of the things that I, I, I look at, it's a lot easier to manage your environment than it is to, to or excuse me, it's a lot easier to change your environment than it is to change your cognitive abilities. And so I always yeah. try to help people begin to understand what works. Literally, they come to me with... I break down executive functioning. This is the loading of information, working memory. This is the retrieval of information. This is the manipulation towards a goal, blah, blah. This is emotional self-regulation. And then I you know, bring it all together. Then we go out in the world and we take a look and observe not what's going wrong in their world, but what's going right. So if a person right. will come and they're procrastinating about cleaning their garage, I'll say, well, okay, tell me about the last time you actually cleaned the garage. And what I'm looking for is the situational variability. What was what enabled them to do it before that's not present? So often it's, well, you did it with somebody. Oh, well, let's run the experiment. Let's try to do the garage with somebody. Oh, my God, I did it. And not only did I do it, it's fine. Okay, that's great. Now we have the data. We know if it's a routine red warning thing or you need to talk out loud because you don't know where to put things, that's the environment. So if you're going to clean the garage, we've got to recreate that environment. Why? Because that's the environment that works for you. And sometimes it's effortful yeah. to recreate that environment, but it's a hell of a lot less effort than this just to try harder and fail every day. Yeah. Make sense to you? Well, you're, yeah, totally. You're, it's cracking me up because I'm remembering, um, and I am not exaggerating when I tell you my husband and I had let our basement go for 10 years because we were sure it was going to take hours and hours and days and days, and we just didn't, it just wasn't a priority. And and I am not exaggerating, 10 years after we moved into that house, we went downstairs one day. It's like, okay, let's just figure out what needs to be done down here. And because we were doing it together and we both had set the intention to do it, we were able to get ourselves, because I wasn't going to do it without him and he wasn't going to do it without me. We both, you know, a lot of resentment building and all that. An hour and a half, Jeff, it was done. <laughs> after 10 years yes because we had to we had to set the intention we had as you say we had to get the conditions right um we had to in, in our case it was two of us had to collaborate if it had been my job i would have without him or something i would have needed as you say somebody else there whether it was on the phone or on a podcast or talking that body double to be able to to, to get through it because it wasn't thinking work yes. it was it was doing work um, but, but the truth is that management comes when we set the intention to do it in the first place. If we don't decide to manage it, we're not going to. 
Exactly. So I was, I was having a flashback. I've alluded to, as, as I coach more, I'm realizing ADHD is really a thinking issue. It's hard to think inside your head. And I did a, uh, an interview with Chris Scott a couple of years ago of Organizing Maniacs, and we talked to her. She's a professional organizer specializes in helping people with ADD. And when you're going to go in, you're going to clean some stuff out. you got to identify, okay, there's this thing. Do I keep it? Do I get rid of it? Or, you know, what's, a lot of times we have things because they're sentimental. And I've, I've had this before yeah. when I'm coaching people on clutter. It's like, okay, identify everything that needs to go in your museum. I have my letter jacket from college. I'm never going to wear it, but it's proof that I, I, I did. And I'm, it's, it's, I have my museum for closet at the top of the stairs. Where I'm going with this is not the details of that. Is you have to stop and think about what this item is. Do I need it? Could I use it? Where is its home? There's a lot of thinking going into that process. And we think we should just go do that. But if you understand thinking is a challenge, it's easier to have somebody else come in to talk through the items to make those decisions and just try harder. And so we talked about changing the environment. Some people would say that's a structure. Well, okay, yeah. But if you work in an environment where there's people all the time, you're interacting all the time, you don't even know it's a structure because they're just there if you get up and go talk to them. It's not really intentional. It's just available to you like instinctively, naturally. And again, we're going back to this whole notion, the difference between successful ADHD management, knowing a lot about it and owning it is actually owning it and managing it, not trying to overcome it. Right. Well, that's really important. Yeah. What's really important, I'm thinking about the the organizer. A lot of people with ADD hire organizers. But if you hire an organizer to come in and they're not understanding ADHD and they're not helping you figure out what works for you, but they're just giving you a system to follow, the likelihood of success with that is pretty slim because managing it isn't just the doing of the system. Managing it is the process of thinking through, figuring out what the the obstacles are, planning, problem solving, and then executing on it. But if you skip all those first steps and you go straight to execution – your odds aren't great that it's going to be a lasting solution. <laughs> oh, and yeah, that's you the part keep... that's hard to get our heads around. Yeah, you just keep yeah. that up. I, I, want to, I want to take a break. I want to come back to that a little bit because uh, some of this, we're getting a little bit into self-observation and owning your ADD, but I, I think I can help us get some people get some clarity out there. So we're going to go to break. Everybody go check out Elaine's website, impactparents.com. Um, while you're typing in the URL, go impactparents.com forward slash attention, and you can download a tips list that they have available to you. Our secret word tonight is verse, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. 
Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Elaine Taylor-Claus having a conversation about a shift in mindset between fixing and overcoming ADD versus managing it. I think we both agree that people that we've seen successful, the ones that own their ADD and manage it as opposed to keep uh, trying harder and keep running into the wall. Um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about um, work, professional organizing and stuff. And as I have learned, and my philosophy is real simple, I try to help I take executive function and break it down to individual components so people can begin to understand it and they can kind of see it in their head so that we can learn to manage the components individually and collectively, and then we go look at their world and we look at their behavior, and it begins to explain the why, the legitimate reason everything is the way it is. So I'm teeing all that stuff up because often professional organizers will come in and put it all away. What happens two weeks later, it comes right back to where it is, and a lot of times there's a reason for it. So a lot of times in an office situation, out of sight, out of mind. It's hard to remember things that aren't there. That's recalling existing knowledge is difficult. So it's there because it's a visual and it's at point of performance. If, you, if you've got a new system and you, if you have ADHD and you're not sitting there saying there's a legitimate reason why it's here, you're going to be yeah. fighting yourself on an ongoing basis between how you think it should be and the cognitive constraints of your ADHD and you're not accepting that and saying, like working people, sometimes you just got to make it look like it's supposed to be there as opposed to try to put it away. And again, that's a philosophy yeah. and the, the observations that I just described, you know, you, there can be some situations because as I described, you and your spouse can have difference in style. They stuff out as mental clutter to them, out for you as mental reminders. It is a difference in style, yeah. but you have to coexist. So we have to design an environment for you to coexist. So, and there's ways to do that, but this, this, this mentality is, again, I'm sharing it with you. You have to problem solve with this. I can't give you the answer, but if you shift this mentality and you begin to work with it, you can be successful because you're managing. If you had something more to add. Yeah. Yes, a few things. So I also, what you're describing, I call it organizing by field of vision. If I can, if I can see it, then it exists. If I can't see it, it doesn't exist. Um, you know, so for me, that may mean putting things away, put, putting them in a clear container so that I can still see what's in the container. Um, I, w- I was thinking about a client I worked with several years ago who had a 17-year-old daughter. Mom was a type A corporate, got to get it done, you know, everything in its place kind of a mom. And the daughter was a 17-year-old art student trying to put together a portfolio. I, I feel like I may have even told you the story. Yeah, I love the story. Keep going. Um, and... And they were at, and the mom was at wit's end, and the kid was at wit's end because she's trying to put together a portfolio, which is not easy. And so they were back and forth and back and forth. When we started coaching the mom around this notion that that you know out of sight is out of mind, and she can't, and it, she has to reboot and start over, and it, and it's it's too hard for her to do that. She's got it there for a reason. They were able to negotiate a, a, an agreement where they gave the daughter a space. It wasn't the dining room table you know, so that the daughter had a space where she could leave her stuff out and the mom could stay away from it and not be, you know, frustrated by the by the visual clutter of it. And it worked out great and it completely improved and changed their relationship 
because mm-hmm. the daughter had been feeling judged and, and wronged and the mom had been feeling like the daughter didn't care. And, and you know, it, it shifted everything about this kid's senior year of high school because they, they both needed to figure out what worked for both of them and find a solution that worked for everybody. We often talk at Impact Parents, you know, make sure whatever solution you're coming up with, make sure it works for everyone. It's not mm-hmm. okay if you come up with a solution that works for you, but it doesn't work for the other people in your house. Like my husband mm-hmm. wants to keep his pills container out on the kitchen counter. It makes me crazy. I understand that he needs it out in visual. So we are still, I mean, it's been a couple of years of trying to navigate, finding a way for him to have it visually where he needs it without me feeling that this visual clutter. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, but what's really important is for me not to judge him for leaving it out because I do understand why he's doing it. Mm-hmm. I like to emphasize again, you have differences in style. It doesn't make you right or him right. It's just differences in style. The key is you have to coexist and manage it together. All too often, people are trying to change the other person. It creates conflict and anxiety and makes everything a hundred times worse. But understanding that that's the way it is and, and, and coming together to manage it as collectively as there. So you need to pull this, this together. I think on my side, I really want to emphasize the, hey, if you're going to spend a lot of work, isn't it a little bit better investment to invest it in something that you're really, really good at to become Olympic gold as to kill yourself to develop a strength to still be below average? That's the first thing. And the second thing mm-hmm. is manage the environment. It's easier to change the environment. It's, it's damn near impossible to change your cognitive behavior because you were born that way. And with those two mindsets, I think it can really help a lot of people get off of stuck and actually start moving forward. Anything you'd like to add? Yeah, to exactly. Well, just, you know, for, I know that some people listening are adults managing their own ADHD and some are parents. And if you're a parent, what I want you to hear is that managing the environment is the recommended treatment for your child. It's for the parent to learn how to manage the environment, to create an environment that, in, that sets the kids up for success at what Jeff is saying, the point of performance where the challenges occur. Mm-hmm. And so that actually is treatment. And so same for adults. Managing the environment is part of the treatment for ADHD. And we tend to, to sort of dismiss that, but, a, but I really want to emphasize that that's what it takes. It's, it's, this is not a condition you take a pill and it goes away. This is a, a condition that you learn to consciously manage creating an environment to be successful because you're not going to make the distractibility or the impulsivity go away but you can learn how to navigate it, manage it, minimize it. And if you, for some, this is not everybody, but if you actually design the right environment, literally sometimes the ADD seems to melt away. It's not that it's melted away. It's just made easier to self-regulate because the environment is conducive to it. So with that, Elaine, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say this is why so many people are successful in a work environment because it's set up for them to be successful. Absolutely. So, Elaine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure. Thank you. Everybody, our secret word is verse. Again, secret word is verse. And check out Elaine's website, impactparents.com. We encourage you to go to impactparents.com forward slash attention and download some uh, free tips. So with that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.
With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.